And then to finish the dream date, you and me would go to like a movie or something. Probably, ugh, I mean, top of my head, The Rundown starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. For clarity's sake, I just said, how's it going, Eli? Mm-hmm. I mean, what could it hurt, right? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Hey, hey, guys, what you doing? The podcast is just about to get its thousandth share. Thousandth share? Yeah, I mean, I know we joke about how this show is kind of small in audience, but once Tom hits share, I got to say that we are no! gonna... No! Damn it! What? Cecil, what's the matter? You idiots broke through to being a much, much larger podcast. Wait, what do you mean? Just look at the numbers, man. Look at the download numbers. 84 million downloads an episode? How is that even possible? Nobody, I don't nobody knows. That. When your numbers get big, they get insanely big all of a sudden. Now we only just have a couple of moments. Guys, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just got a notification. Uh, BuzzFeed just wrote an article called... Will Citation need to disappoint with their third season? What? Do we even have seasons? We do now! Yeah, oh, that's fuck. a thing. Wait, wait, I mean, do we make more money? No! We just do hot pepper challenges on corporate YouTube channels. That sounds good. Uh, guys, sorry, four of our employees are suing Tom for sexual harassment. Wait, what? We don't even have employees! Uh, apparently we do, and Tom apparently sexually harassed all of them. It's what happens when a certain amount of people listen to your podcast. It's just what happens. There, there's got to be some way to reverse this, though. Can't we, 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 we could we could we could change what the show's about? We could switch networks or make ourselves impossible to find. Maybe put all our episodes behind a paywall or something. None of that's gonna work. It's not gonna work, guys. This is a bit too much for me. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm gonna have to go ahead. He and, he don't do it and quit the show. Oh my god, what happened? What is that? Peace, peace. Everyone knows when you quit a successful podcast, you become a racist YouTuber with a channel based on your fragile masculinity. Sorry, Cecil, couldn't hear you uh, over all the women being black. I'm running for Damn office. it. I want to hear you know, right now, There's only one thing to do. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. We're going to have to take a quick break from our regular schedule, but we'll be back to our normal schedule soon. We absolutely promise. My motorcycle. What the fuck? My, my wedding ring is back. What happened? I... I, I had so much merch. I had stickers. The only way to kill a popular podcast, go full cereal. Wow. How many people listen to our show now? Uh, counting us, Eli? That, that'd be four. Damn it. How is that even possible? Four? I'm just not a fan of all the laughing. Welcome to Citation Needed. Sorry, I got the popular podcast thing. There you go. The podcast where we choose a subject, read a single article about it on Wikipedia, and pretend we're experts because this is the internet and that's how it works now. I'm Eli and I'll be draining this swamp, but I'll need some drill holes. First up, two men who give a whole new meaning to Salt Mound, Heath and Tom. <laughs> so you know who's really funny and 
writes his hosting stuff on time. Josh Gad. Hilarious. Nobody knows when we write our stuff, so you seem unprepared. (laughs) Two points for Eli. (laughs) Dancer. Yeah, I'm not even sure what that intro means, but uh, yeah, with the amount of beef jerky in my diet, I am pretty well preserved. (laughs) And also joining us tonight, two men who remember when that oil was dinosaurs, (laughs) damn it, Noah and Cecil. (laughs) Yeah, our version back in my day of the Deepwater Horizon disaster, way scarier, way scarier. (laughs) Yeah, and and you kids have no idea what fresh squeezed dino tastes like either. It was 89 cents a gallon back then, too. Yeah. You just, have to, you just have to squeeze it under layers and layers of sediment. So it just takes a long time. Now, before we begin tonight, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons. Without you patrons, we'd have to get real jobs. And three of us can't do those anymore. If you'd like to learn how to join their ranks, be sure to stick around till the end of the show. And with that out of the way, tell us, Tom, what person, place, thing, concept, phenomenon, or event will we be talking about today? Today we'll be talking about Lake Penguin News. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, glad, glad you said it first. And <laughs> Noah, you actually read the article. Are you ready to deliver a semi-coherent narrative that isn't largely based on your misremembering an episode of This American Life? <laughs> I am, Eli. So, tell us, what is Lake Penguin here? <laughs> lake Penure is an 1,100-acre lake in southern Louisiana, just said. north of the Boots Arch. And did something interesting happen there? Or Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. But good to explain it. We're going to have to travel back to the end of the Triassic period when the Atlantic Ocean first started to rip the Americas away from Pangaea. That's right. Get excited. This week, I brought some geology. Old rocks. Once. Just once. Noah, I want you to tell a story that doesn't involve your origin story. (laughs) You're like a Spider-Man movie. Hey. Apropos of nothing, Noah, what's a salt dome? (laughs) It's interesting that you should ask, Eli. I was about to explain that, but you beat me to it. Okay, so salt domes are columns of salt pushing up from deep in the Earth's crust through several strata of rock. They're formed along ocean deltas where large amounts of seawater get cut off from the ocean, evaporate, and then leave behind their salts. All right, Twitter told me this is from Liberal Tears. Fake news, man! (laughs) Fake news! (laughs) So anyway, so this happens over and over again. Another storm surge pushes more salt water into the sea. It evaporates, at least behind its salt. This happens for centuries and centuries. You end up with massive buildups of salt that get buried over by other geological processes. But since the salt is less dense than the sediment over top of it, it rises over time to form a salt dome. And yes, it's more complicated than I'm making it sound. I'm oversimplifying when I say it's because of density. But Tom's already rolling his eyes at me. We're not even on camera and I can I hate hear this. them. Let's name so some much. other minerals and their densities <laughs> all together. <laughs> you got great. quartz. Hey, uh, everybody, when I kill myself, just letting you know, you're all coming with me. So, <laughs> two it's like 2.6 for quartz. <laughs> Graphite's like 2.2. Two. All right. That's a little bit Noah, less. How big are we talking when it comes to these salt mounds? Uh, well, they can be massive. Okay, so the diameter is usually at least a kilometer, and sometimes it's 10 times that. And according to one of the wiki articles I used for this essay, some salt domes are, quote, as much as 35,000 feet below the surface and as large as Mount Everest. 
End quote. Okay, yeah. Can you convert that into nacho servings for me, please? Need to- <laughs> yeah, one Tom nacho serving. Yes. <laughs> that's syndrome. Yeah, that's syndrome. Right, yeah. 4.3 <laughs> tricked out fuck bots worth of nachos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the ideal place for salt dome formation would be a large delta with turbulent weather patterns where two tectonic plates meet. Right. So the weather pushes up the salt, the delta isolates it and subduction buries the large salt deposits for later use. For example, uh, the southern edge of Louisiana, just north of the Boots Arch. Okay, so basically the geological equivalent of the spot where my leg fat meets my other leg fat. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the southern edge of Louisiana. The sweaty ass crack of America. There it (laughs) is. All right. No, I find this fascinating, but you know, we're losing Tom fast. So any chance you can turn either of these things into money or flexible women, either of those will (laughs) neither of those available by the way in Louisiana. Yeah, no, unfortunately, (laughs) Um, but, but needless to say though, salt domes do have economic value. uh, Not the least of which is that they're made of salt. Uh, We use that stuff. Uh, The tops of salt domes also tend to be sulfur rich. Uh, You just said rich and I'm still bored. I don't even know how that's possible. How is that possible? (laughs) I find new boundaries every week and I cross them. All right. So, but beyond mining uh, salt and and sulfur, there's also another lucrative aspect to to salt domes. Uh, They're impermeable. So while they're pushing their way through the various substrata, they can balloon out and create a watertight, airtight reservoir that traps oil and natural gas. So no wonder then that when the first salt dome was ever discovered, it was turned up in 1890 by oil prospectors. (laughs) That must have been a great day for one guy just twerking in everyone's face. It was a giant salt balloon full of oil. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Oh. Yeah, there you go. So, now, it's important to note here that salt domes almost never reach the surface. Otherwise, we'd have discovered them a lot earlier. Uh, but they do leave a telltale bulge in the Earth's surface. Um, so, so trashy women from Jersey it, are used to find them. <laughs> it's rumored that that is true. I couldn't find confirmation though. I looked into it. Uh, no, but, but it didn't take long for oils prospectors to start looking for these specifically when it came time to find a place to drill. Right. Um, and the best part of that is that, you know, if you find a salt dome, uh, even if you can't produce an oil well out of it, the salt is still profitable. You miss out on the oil, but at least you can uh, mine some salt out of it, right? Yeah, and if you put it all in a shaker with a little bit of lemon juice, like a spritz, you have this amazing <laughs> vinaigrette. And it's- <laughs> well, yeah. You see, Tom? It's not an episode about a lake. It's an episode about Earth's tater tots full of money. Keep going, Noah. Keep going. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Thanks for the help, Eli. All right, so the key takeaway here is that the mining of salt domes and the drilling of oil often goes hand in hand, right? So the mining or leaving giant hollow spots in underground columns of earth (laughs) and the oil drilling or poking really deep holes in the earth often happens in essentially the same place. You can see how maybe this is going to cause an issue in a story about a lake. Okay, well, I'm picturing redneck kids getting sucked out of a lake through a series of tubes and into an oil derrick. (laughs) And then, and then going back like it's action fucking park. Just all <laughs> yeah, all I know at this point is that so far we haven't told a story at all about a lake, and I have an unmistakable craving for new coke right about now. So. <laughs> and I've given you a new smile. Then okay. Also, 
Uh, one other noteworthy connection between the oil industry and salt dome mining, uh, when they tap out a salt mine or even just like as much as they're going to, they're left with a giant empty space surrounded by impermeable walls of salt. Comes in handy if you have a bunch of toxic liquid or gaseous waste products that you want to uh, store deep under the earth where they're not going to get into your drinking water. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. Nope. No. <laughs> Never mind. Um, now, to be fair, by the way, th that won't come into play in this story, but I figured it should probably be pointed out that we have Mount Everest-sized underground reservoirs of toxic liquids buried below our Gulf Coast with nothing between them and our drinking water but table salt and not having a hurricane right now. I, just, I, I feel <sighs> like I shouldn't be the only person on the call burdened with that knowledge. <laughs> really? Because I just read The Fifth Risk, and I'm pretty sure Donald Trump just fired you from the EPA, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway, as you can imagine... Uh, sometimes these mined salt domes cause problems, especially when you consider how much the up to 35,000 feet of rock between them and the surface of the earth weighs. So, Noah, what are we talking here? A chunk breaks off? Are they ruin some soups? What's going on? What happens? <laughs> well, uh, on occasion, they collapse, like the Napoleonville Dome beneath Assumption Parish, Louisiana, which is now known by the name the Bayou Corn Sinkhole, or when filtered through the alarmist media, the 35-acre sinkhole that's devouring Louisiana. <laughs> okay. I feel like it's time to just embrace it and let New Orleans fall into a giant waterproof salt bubble. Like, for safety. <laughs> for genuine safety, that's so much better. On the license plates down there, they should just have, like, the saying, Louisiana, even the state is trying to leave the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, are we sure this hasn't happened already? Because... Like, I've been to New Orleans, and I'm pretty sure if the word collapse means anything at all, that <laughs> ship has sailed. <laughs> all right, so now, honestly, the Bayou Corn sinkhole story is worth a quick diversion. A, a diversion! A diversion! Wouldn't that imply somehow that we've begun the story of this lake already? <laughs> we've begun the story of this... So the, the main topic wasn't long enough to fill the episode. <laughs> Let's talk so about sex bots for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Napoleonville Dome was an abandoned salt mine with 53 different caverns, uh, which was operated by a company called Texas Brine. And like I said, these mines are pretty useful for storage. So one of the caverns was rented out to Occidental Chemical for gas and oil storage. All right, what's it going to take for me to put your lube in my salt cavern? <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. I am not hitting my quota this morning. I mean, my sales pitch is weird. I think it's my sales pitch is weird. Salt cavern. I'm just picturing now like one of those storage wars guys like baiting on old salt domes. Like, what will Barry find when he opens his salt dome? Will it be the key to his everlasting fortune or yet another amphitheater full of poison? Stay tuned. <laughs> okay, Noah, I get it. A cave full of oil. What could go wrong? Seriously, Noah, what went wrong? Tell us what went wrong. Well, I'm yeah, sorry, no, of course. <laughs> I had citation needed. Something went wrong. So, okay, so starting in June of 2012, residents in the area started noticing some weird activity from Earth. A lot of low-level earthquakes. The lakes are bubbling up. There's the smell of gas all over the place. 40 years of darkness. Volcanoes. The dead rising from graves. Human <laughs> sacrifice. Dogs and cats living dogs together. Dogs and cats living Mass together. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, the kind of shit that just screams citation needed episode coming. Um, so after insisting it couldn't be related to their underground toxic sludge self-storage facility, <laughs> Texas Brine eventually agreed 
that they would figure out what was going on. So they drilled a relief well and learned that the outer wall of the salt dome had collapsed. Uh, Dave, 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 can you come in here? Did you sell a cavern to the guy with the alien blood? Did you say, (laughs) did you say, what's it going to take to put your blood in my salt cavern? Because he's weird. And he probably said yes. Did you say what you did? Right. Okay. So this this uh, abandoned mine was about a mile below the earth. So that meant that the mile or so of sediment above the mine could now flow into that big empty space freely. But it also meant that the oil and gas stored in the caverns could escape to the surface. Hence all the bubbling lakes and shit. Yeah. And they could also tell because all the alligators down there were all puffed up and airborne like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade <laughs> flows. <to> start- <laughs> yeah, like just hodling on by. <laughs> This does seem like rather the obvious conclusion, right? I mean, like we haven't solved the what if it leaks problem when it comes to building better tits yet. Like I'm not convinced (laughs) we've got this problem licked on a grander scale and we don't. Yeah. So on August 3rd, the disaster reached whatever critical level was required for the earth to just open up and start swallowing shit. That day, the state started ordering evacuations. And as near as I can tell, they're still ordering evacuations six years later. <laughs> okay. When you buy a house in Louisiana, the deed is an evacuation order. It says it on the fucking back. <laughs> you idiots live next to the hurricane spawn point from Goldeneye. Fucking move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now when this sinkhole first appeared, by the way, it was already massive. About two and a half acres worth of natural sarlacc swallowing up trees and houses and shit. And since then, it's expanded to 37 acres uh, with a maximum depth of at least 750 feet. That's at like 230 meters. You said this took six years? I guess, I mean, that makes sense. It's about the right length of time for government intervention in Louisiana. So that takes a while to get there. Honestly, you should have to sign a FEMA waiver at this point if you want to live in Louisiana. You don't have to deal with us. We're fucking good. No fire departments, nothing. Yeah, at this point, like, I'm team sinkhole. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> team sinkhole. All right. So now, according to the most recent stories I could find on this thing, uh, the sinkhole does seem to be stabilizing, but it is still growing. How is that stabilizing? It's just the rate of growth is going down. That's what it means. So it wouldn't be stable. So that would still Brian- be changing. <laughs> so- all right, so Texas Brian has had to buy out dozens of homes, and they burned off more than 25 million cubic feet of gas. That was their measure of cubic feet uh, in an ongoing effort to, to deplete the escaping reserves. And as much as this seems like one of those inevitable consequences of keeping your gas in an abandoned salt mine, according to a state district judge's ruling at the beginning of this year, the companies running the mine had been ignoring internal warnings about poor planning and dangerous engineering since at least 1976 in an effort to make this disaster happen. Oh, man. You can't trust oil companies. Who can you trust? <laughs> yeah, and toxic waste removal uh, services. I mean, right. come on. No, uh, do not take this the wrong way, because I love a story about the Earth swallowing up the South as much as the next person. <laughs> but the episode title has a lake in it. Is this a, is there a lake? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Well, I guess we'll give Noah some time to plot the shortest course to the point, and we'll give you some apropos oh, of nothing. <laughs> Hi. I'm Eli Bosnick. You know, we sure did have a lot of fun today at the beginning of the show. I had
had a motorcycle. What happened? But you should know, it's okay to let us become a world-famous podcast. That's right, Tom. Because despite what our little top-of-the-show sketch might tell you, if you help us get more money and fame, we're just going to bring you more funny. So please, feel free to like, share our show, tell your friends about it, and best of all, donate at patreon.com slash citationpod. Because Cecil, Heath, and Noah would never sexually harass our employees. Don't you mean all of us? I know what I said. We're back. When we last left off, Noah was talking about salt and sinkholes. And that was all going to lead up to a lake. So, Noah, why why is this episode named after a lake? Okay. All right. So, let me come clean here. A listener recommended Lake Panera as a subject. So, I read through the Wikipedia article, and I fucking loved it, but it was way too short to do a full episode about. And I thought, well, maybe we could just do a short, but then I started looking into it, and I started learning all that cool shit about salt domes, and eventually it occurred to me that if I didn't string it into a full episode, I would know about salt domes for no fucking reason. Yeah, great. And uh, now the seven listeners who haven't switched back to the dollop also know about salt domes for no fucking reason. No, because so. it's to set up for this episode. They know also, about it for follow-up question. Reason. Are you going to talk about all the things you learned about for no fucking reason on this episode? Because the show aims for 30 minutes. I for reasons, different essays I'm eventually going to do. Okay, so our actual story begins early on a November morning in 1980 on an unremarkable lake in Louisiana, like all the lakes in Louisiana are. Um, and in this one, Texaco is probing for oil. Now, this lake is sizable, um, but it's shallow as all hell. I believe at the time, the deepest point was 11 feet. Spoiler alert, by the end of this story, it's going to be way deeper. Yeah, and by the end, when this is all over, the lake will have smoked a bowl and read Being in Time by Heidegger and had like a really... <laughs> Weird conversation with his friends. It's actually going to be more like being in nothingness yeah. by Sartre. I was, I was so sure that was going to be a vagina joke. I'm so proud of you, Cecil. <laughs> Reminds me of the philosophy I've read. It's good. <laughs> Chin old Cam Moramina. You know what? Someone had a joke, right? Say something about Proust. <laughs> Too slow. Gay. Liar. Gay. <laughs> Now, as I said before, oil exploration and salt mining often happen real close by, but in a perfect world, they don't happen in the exact same place. This would not be the case in this particular instance. Apparently, the folks operating the oil rig were misinterpreting the hmm. coordinates, or as the wiki puts it, quote, the rig was positioned as if the coordinates were in the universal transverse Mercator coordinate system, when in actuality, they were in transverse Mercator projection. End quote. Uh, a bunch of dumbasses. I mean, <laughs> hey, stupid question. You guys are using the universal system, right? You're too slow. Too slow. <laughs> it's just the universal <laughs> system. What yeah. the fuck? Look, no, I'm not going to pretend I know what that means or any of the words involved, but I do feel like if you're running an oil rig, someone should know like exactly where that is supposed to go because. Drilling in the wrong hole has never worked well for any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had been there on that cold morning in 1980. So, yeah. At, That's my uh, excuse. Uh, it was a cold morning. So, 
That's how I got conceived. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so the end result of the misinterpretation of the people's front of coordinates with the coordinated people's front was the spot, thank you, the spot they were drilling on was directly above a shaft in the Diamond Crystal Salt Company salt mine, which wasn't abandoned like that last one we talked about. Folks were still mining for salt what? there. Like, that day. Okay, now they're drilling oh. right on the shaft. That's varsity. <laughs> that is some varsity. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now there's 12 men on the drilling rig at the time that they punched through. Uh, it took a minute to figure out anything was wrong because at first drilling just got way easier, but then the drill got stuck and it wouldn't reverse, which apparently is unusual because they're only a thousand feet down and that's not where you get to the sticky stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just pull the drill bit back up and they're all pissed that they didn't get the Ricky and Morty plush they wanted. They're <laughs> Just a kid well, they got it, and it just dropped the fucking yeah. thing as soon as it got <laughs> to the top. dropping it. <laughs> just a kid with an inner tube stuck to the drill. Yay! Again! <laughs> Redneck Action Park! Action Park South. All that sticky shit. That's just the price of doing business drilling there sometimes. I mean, <laughs> you can't complain. You just got to power through and finish the job. There you go. All right. So while they're trying to figure out what's going on, they reportedly heard a series of loud pops right before the rig tilted, which is when they got the fuck out of there. They cut the barges loose. They hauled ass the 300 meters or so to the shore um, and, and they make it safely to shore. And they look back at this five million dollar drilling platform, just kind of wobbling around in the water when all of a sudden it turns over and disappears in a lake that's only 11 feet Jesus. deep. <laughs> they look over on the other side of the shore and they just see a groundhog <laughs> slow dancing to Kenny Loggins. Like, oh, right. Don't gotta worry about me. <laughs> That's a reference to a movie about a mentally handicapped gentleman who plays golf. <laughs> it was story. funny at the time. <laughs> the guy's standing there just like, okay, uh, bad news. We struck uh, hell. Looks like that was probably hell. Uh, good news, probably lots of oil. Probably yeah, lots of oil. yeah right. it's in the hole. <laughs> so, all right. So then, with this dozen oil workers looking on, the water in the lake starts to swirl around slowly at first, but then picking up speed and turning into a whirlpool more than a quarter mile in diameter. Jesus, centered exactly on their <laughs> drill site. Coincidence. <laughs> They were only using a 14 inch drill bit. Only braggy. They were only humble brag, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so but if we're first when they punched through, there was only a 14 inch hole. But once the water started pouring in, the salt wall that it pierced started to dissolve. So the hole was expanding by the second. And this also marks the first time in history anyone in Louisiana flushed. So it's <laughs> <laughs> like all 12 guys from that oil rig walk away in 12 different directions, whistling and looking <laughs> casual. <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, cut to the 55 people that were 1500 feet underground, still mining salt. All right. So the first to notice something's up is an electrician who's like, Hey, what's that noise? That sounds like millions of gallons of water flushing into the mine. I'm working. You know what? I'm going to sound the alarm. Um, so everybody starts hauling ass to the elevator, or at least everybody who was close enough to hear the alarm. Apparently they what? have non-alarm hearing spots huh. way deep down in the mine. Seems like a design flaw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But the, but luckily somebody like was able to drive around in a gas-powered vehicle to tell them about it. 
but that driver guy has an office that can't hear the alarm. So they had to have a guy walk down to his office with a memo that says alarm. (laughs) He's a a people person. It's important. Okay. So I, I think I know the answer. What happened next? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, well, luckily for the miners, there was a lot of mine for this lake to drain into. Um, because even though they had to take a slow ass elevator, 1300 feet up, they, they could, they could only carry eight people at a time. All 55 of them did make it to safety without any injury. The elevator just sits there for a minute, opens back up. Holy shit. I thought you pressed the button. Nobody pressed the button. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going, we're going. You press it now. You press it. Every time right. it starts to close, the guy on the outside presses the button. And opens <laughs> <up>. <laughs> no, I was fucking with you that time. You guys, keeps go. on you guys doing go. it. <laughs> Can You're gonna play? kill us all, Bill. Can you we know that, one right? More? Can we yeah. Leonidas kick? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, meanwhile, back on Earth's surface, the uh, once picturesque lake is draining somewhere between bathtub and black hole. It swallows up another drilling platform, as well as a barge, a loading dock, a big chunk of the island in the middle of the lake, another barge, <laughs> sixty-five <laughs> acres Jesus of the shoreline, Christ. trucks, trees, <laughs> and a parking lot. In fact, the whirlpool was so powerful, it reversed the flow of the nearby Delcom Canal, which in turn sucked in another nine barges. Wow. It's too bad this whole thing wasn't in Australia. They would have created nine barges. <laughs> well, that's, no, that's where the barges wound up. And yeah. Once they went through. This thing is like the Steve Martin of lake disasters. It's just like, I'm just going to. Suck up this barge, just this barge, <laughs> and, and this island, this just this barge, game. and this island, and that's all. That's this all I'm going to suck control, up. And this barge, and these 65 acres. <laughs> <laughs> right, so as you can imagine, this was a pretty amazing sight to behold. First of all, when the normally outflowing canal switched to an inlet, it created a waterfall larger than any in the state, which lasted for several days. Um, also, the air that got trapped in the mine as the water rushed in eventually was released in geysers more than 400 feet high. This Skip is mine. basically a landmass equivalent of getting food poisoning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Everything squirting out of every hole. Just whatever, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> All right. So within a few days of the canal flowing into the lake, it turned from an 11 foot freshwater lake to a 1300 foot deep saltwater lake. Uh, also, I'd have loved to see this one happening, but once the water pressure equalized in the lake, nine of the 11 sunken barges just popped back up. <laughs> Big line of kids on top of them, just one still alive. Yay, again! <laughs> <laughs> the lake's just like, is this your barge? <laughs> I'm just picturing some guy getting yelled at by the side of the lake, and he's like, and now we lost all those barges. Bloop. (laughs) (laughs) You can go. go. All right. Now, no, I've got to say, this is starting to sound a lot more like our show. So what's the body count? What are we talking here? Hundreds, thousands, hundred thousand? Uh, Amazingly, nobody was killed. Or, as near as I can tell, even seriously huh. injured during the accident. Or, or I should say, at least no no humans were. Obviously, a lot of fish lost their lives that day. A lot of seaweed. Um, and the uh, the Wikipedia article also says that three dogs were reported killed. Fuck that. I so wish it was people instead. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, and dogs I, I, so I, I so want to know what the dogs were doing, <laughs> but there's no citation on it. 
Um, and, and obviously the entire ecosystem of the lake got fucked in the deal. Uh, the once freshwater lake was now filled with salt water, uh, not because of the salt mine below it, mind you, but because the canal that's supposed to flow out of it was brackish. So virtually nothing that lived in or around the old lake could survive there anymore. Are you guys picturing some deer going over to their favorite drinking lake and he's just like, I'm telling you, it tastes weird, Dave. D- Dave, come here and taste this. It's weird, right? It's weird. Noah, Noah, I can't escape the feeling that this is, this whole thing just is like a metaphor for the environment. You know? It's like a metaphor, yes. The happening too. Marky Mark fights a salt dome. Beats the shit out of a salt dome. All right, so eventually Texaco and the drilling contractor paid $32 million to Diamond Crystal for the loss of their salt mine and another $12.8 million to a nearby plant nursery that housed the most valuable collection of plants in the whole of human history, apparently. (laughs) Well, I, for one, am glad that one giant corporation paid the other giant corporation. I yes. find that comforting. Yeah. That's good. All right. So enough with the bad news. Noah, is there any, you know, good news to the time a lake turned into a saltwater death? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my There's, metal band, oh, by the way. <laughs> saltwater salt death toilets. We are saltwater uh, death toilets. <laughs> All right. So in answer to your question, Eli, there is always a silver lining. Um, even though a, a lake was accidentally dra- drained into it, the abandoned mine was not a complete loss. According to the aftermath heading on this article on Wikipedia, quote, since 1994, AGL Resources has been using Lake Pinure's underlying salt dome as a storage and hub facility for pressurized natural gas, end quote. <laughs> so, you know, go capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, hey guys, so that dome that broke when we stored oil in it that'd probably hold uh gas right let's try gas <laughs> next and a nuclear missile silo because that's also perfect <laughs> we need a new one um it's probably worth noting by the way that immediately after the quote i just read it says quote there was concern from local residents in 2009 over the safety of storing the gas under the lake and nearby drilling operations end huh. quote and then the entire article just ends right there so <laughs> and scene of wikipedia <laughs> yeah right this this may be a, eventually a two-parter episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you had to summarize what you've learned in one sentence what would it be when our species dies, it will be because we begged for it. Yeah. Eli. <laughs> two <laughs> begs, Noah. Two begs. Okay. Are you ready to see how deep our knowledge goes? I'm always hesitant to answer yes to any of your how deep questions, but yes, in this instance, yes, I am. Wisdom. All right, Noah. Um, this was such a life-changing event that the local high school used it as an inspiration for their prom theme. <laughs> what was the theme called? Oh, Jesus. Hey. Saline on the ocean blue. <laughs> B, drill you be mine. <laughs> Two for on that one. C, hold on to today. <laughs> or D, old lang brine. <laughs> Uh, you almost got me there, Cecil. I was just about to say A, but then I remember this is Louisiana. Nobody makes it all the way to high school down there. Trick question. <laughs> you are right. It's a trick question. 
damn it. <laughs> All right, Noah, which of the following should be the title of the movie about Lake Penur? A, the happening to assault and battery. Oh. Assault. <laughs> oh. <laughs> A salt. Uh, crushing it, the and salt. Battery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that not kosher? I thought yeah. that was pretty good. <laughs> um, wh- you rocked. N A C chlor. Fuck. What? Was it so NACL is the chemicals? Damn it. B. Was it B? There will be flood. Or C, the Gulf of Mexico, (laughs) a documentary called the Gulf of Mexico. All right. If I say A, there's a greater chance we get to hear Eli's Marky Mark impression. So I'm going to say A. (laughs) Are you a fucking round lump of earth, bro? (laughs) Oh, you better hope this hole doesn't go through to China because I will beat up everybody (laughs) I fucking meet. Then I'll be in a movie about a zoo and we'll all just forget about the time that I exclusively played a homicidal maniac and a guy with a big dick. Like all of a sudden I'm just in kids movies. (laughs) That was incorrect as it turns out. No, it's correct. It was B the, it was correct. (laughs) All right, Noah, obviously, duh, salt domes, just incredibly Useful geological formations that uh, lend themselves naturally to a comedy podcast. So, uh, so what are some other topics Noah might be looking at for next time? You know, other interesting. Uh, A, the eruption of Krakatoa. Be good. Uh, Said of this one. B, the door to hell in Turkmenistan. Beautiful pictures. C, Giant's Causeway in Ireland. So amazing. Uh, D, Nope, we got a lake that was shallow and then later wasn't. <laughs> that was our which one? Secret answer E. Tom loved this essay and is actually really excited to go tell all his friends about the cool new stuff that he learned about salt domes tonight. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Was that Tom? The formula demands that I turn out to be correct on this one. How about that? Who'd have thought? Who'd have guessed? That I would turn out to be correct on this one. Too. We're all picturing Tom on a golf course, right? And being like, hey, Bill, did you know that there's a uh, big round salt under us? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Sounded better when Noah said it. Well, it looks like nobody bested you this week, Noah. So you win. You take over as host next week. And you get to choose who has to do next week's essay. Oh, who am I most angry with this week? I wonder who I would play a lot of extra work. Tom Tom gets to do one. Something super interesting, like the history of toilets or something. (laughs) All right. Well, for Cecil, Noah, Tom, and Heath, I'm Eli Bosnick. Thanking you for hanging out with us today. We'll be back next week. And by then, Tom will be an expert on the history of toilets. Between now and then, you can listen to Tom and Cecil get salty over at Cognitive Dissonance and you can take a big drink of our shows over at God Awful Movies The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat to induce vomiting. And if you'd like to help keep this show going you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash citation pod or leave us a five star review everywhere you can. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, don't. Check out past episodes, connect with us on social media or check the show notes. Be sure to check out citationpod.com and remember, if you didn't vote, 
Fuck, fuck, you. fuck, fuck you. 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 Maybe you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Bring the Heath, where I pour hot sauce on titties and titties on hot sauce. Bring in the Heath. Hey guys, what are you doing? Nothing. 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 Cool.